listeners, and welcome back to EmigCast. My name is Tristan Zimmerman. And I'm Katie Burke. And we are both third-year medical students at Oregon Health and Science University in Portland, Oregon. We are here today to talk about um, the use of naloxone and safety during pregnancy, which is inspired by my uh, OB-GYN rotation last week. I noticed that a lot of our postpartum patients were on Suboxone or other forms of medication-assisted treatment, and I was curious about opioid overdose in pregnancy and whether naloxone would still be a safe option to use. Um, given the information that we have about neonatal abstinence syndrome, I was wondering if that's something that a fetus could experience in utero if a mother was put uh, into withdrawals using naloxone. So by now we are all familiar with the opioid epidemic, but we're going to start off with some background information to set the stage for our episode. Opioids were involved in almost 47,000 deaths in 2018, which is nearly six times the number of opioid-involved deaths in 1999. This rise in opioid overdose deaths can be outlined in three distinct waves. Um, The first wave began with the increased prescribing of opioids in the 1990s, The second wave began in 2010 with an increase in overdose deaths involving heroin. And the third wave began in 2013 with overdose deaths involving synthetic opioids, particularly those involving fentanyl. Fentanyl was approved for treating severe pain, typically in advanced cancers. It's available in patch and lozenge forms that can be diverted or easily misused. Most recent cases of fentanyl overdose and death are related to illegally made fentanyl, and it's often mixed with heroin or cocaine to increase the user's euphoric effects. In 2018, 31,000 people died from synthetic opioid overdose. The classic opioid toxidrome that we all learn about um, and we'll see in the ED as patients come in is coma, pinpoint pupils, respiratory depression, hypotension, hypothermia, and hyporeflexia. The mechanism of overdose in opioids is often caused by respiratory depression. Opioids act on opioid receptors on neurons in the respiratory networks of the brain and cause activation. The activation of these receptors result in reduced response to increased PCO2 and decreased PO2, resulting in decreased respiratory drive. This decreases the rate of breathing and can cause periods of apnea. Naloxone is a competitive antagonist at mu receptors, um, which is used to increase respiratory rate and minute volume, but can also put patients into withdrawal. The current practice for pre-hospital use of naloxone is to always, always give naloxone. Available formulations are injectables, auto-injectors, intranasal sprays, and then an intranasal atomizer. In hospital, the current practice is also to administer naloxone, but intravenously. The initial dose um, is typically small 0.04 mg to 0.1 mg in patients who have signs of respiratory depression, with one dose being given every 60 seconds. You would use a larger dose, something like 0.4 mg, in patients with a known history of opioid dependency, and you would keep giving doses until the desired effect is reached. Withdrawal after the administration of naloxone is experienced in 25 to 35% of patients when naloxone when is given in the pre-hospital setting. 
And multiple factors go into this, including the dose of the opioids, the dose of the Narcan, and the patient's opioid tolerance. Mild withdrawal symptoms include agitation, craving, pyloerection, vomiting, hypertension, and tachycardia. Life-threatening signs include pulmonary edema, cardiac arrhythmias, profound hyper or hypotension, and cardiac arrest. Now, moving on to opioid use during pregnancy. So, like Tristan mentioned, the rates of heroin use and prescription opioid-related deaths are rising really quickly. And this is especially in women compared to men and even more um, narrowed down to women of reproductive age. 0.4 to 0.8% of pregnant women have the diagnosis of opioid use disorder, and of pregnancy-associated deaths, 11 to 22% of them are all related to opioid overdose. Um, women with an overdose event during pregnancy are more likely to be younger, single, unemployed, without a high school degree, on public insurance plans and receiving inadequate prenatal care. Homelessness and uh, comorbid psychiatric conditions are especially common in um, patients who experience an opioid overdose during pregnancy. Homelessness actually occurs in 79% of these patients. The resuscitation of pregnant women um, differs a little bit from a general population. They have a different physiology, including increased blood volume and cardiac output, and increased oxygen consumption and decreased lung volume. A uterus above 20 weeks compresses blood vessels when the woman is supine, and this can cause hypotension and re reduced cardiac output. Moms can be placed in the left lateral decubitus position to remove the uterus from those blood vessels and relieve that compression. Um, but it's kind of hard to do CPR when a woman is laying on her side. So another option is to manually displace the uterus to the mom's left, which still allows for high quality compressions and better access to the airways and chest. Our question is, is it safe to use naloxone in pregnant women who are experiencing an opioid overdose? And this was a very difficult question to find the answer to. There is a lot of data on treating opioid use disorder in pregnancy with various forms of MAT, and there's also a lot of information on neonatal abstinence syndrome. However, there's very little information on the fetal effects of acute opioid withdrawal, and also very little information on the use of naloxone in pregnancy. We did find um, a few articles that were able to um, give us some information to help answer our question. One of those talked about the maternal effects of acute opioid withdrawal. This can cause a catecholamine surge in the mom's body, which can lead to uterine contractions and reduced placental blood flow and oxygen supply. The fetus experiences these effects through motor hyperactivity, increased oxygen demands, rising norepinephrine levels and amniotic fluid, um, and this, in combination of the effects on the mom's uterus and placental blood supply, can result in preterm labor, fetal hypoxia, seizures, and fetal demise. 32% of babies whose mothers went through withdrawals at some point during their pregnancy had meconium staining, a marker of fetal stress, at birth. The acute withdrawal can also cause long-term effects due to the prolonged surge in corticosteroids it can signal poor environmental conditions from the mother to the fetus, which can cause changes in neurotransmitter transcription. 
This can lead to epigenetic modifications of DNA, which can trigger permanent modifications of brain morphology, neuroendocrine function, and behavior. It also can lead to increased vulnerability to stress-related disease later in life, and even potentially involve heritable DNA modifications. So not only can the stress of a maternal withdrawal be experienced by the fetus, that stress can also be passed down through changes in DNA to that baby's child. We did find that naloxone, it does cross the placenta, but it's a category C drug, meaning that in animal rep reproduction studies, there have been no adverse effects on the fetus. There's no evidence of teratogenicity or embryotoxic effects on the, um, due to the use of naloxone in pregnancy. However, it has not been adequately studied in pregnant women, so there are still some questions to be asked. Given all of the information that we were able to find um, and no clear-cut answer to our question, we kind of put together some conclusions on how we would handle a maternal opioid overdose if we were to see one in the street or in the emergency department. So if you see a pregnant woman who's experiencing an opioid overdose, not treating the overdose can put the mom and baby at risk of apnea, hypoxia, and even resulting in death. However, treating with naloxone, if you give too much of it, can put the mom and baby at risk of withdrawal, which can have negative short-term and long-term effects. So ideally, you would give naloxone, but you would give it in a hospital setting where it can be given slowly to avoid withdrawal. And this would preferably be a hospital with an obstetric team familiar with the resuscitation of pregnant women. So even though we weren't able to provide you with level one evidence, we hope that this talk was a little bit useful to you. And we hope that you'll consider these points in your future careers when treating patients in the emergency department. As always, thanks for listening. Stay safe and make sure to tune in for the next eMigCast episode.